Hello, everybody. I am Molly Lloyd. Hello, I am Blair Brooks. And we are so excited to be hosting this podcast version of What Fresh Hell called Toddler Purgatory. Toddler Purgatory. It's not up, it's not down, it's in the middle. <laughs> the reason why we are doing this offshoot of What Fresh Hell is to kind of give the little guys a take on things, little tykes. I am the mom of a four-year-old boy. And I am the mother of a four-year-old boy as well. And... A two-year-old little Spitfire girl. <laughs> there was a movie called Spitfire Grill. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah, so- <laughs> <laughs> you know it. We know it. Too well. Ugh. Toddler whining. It's a wine fest up in here. Oh, I don't want it. <laughs> there are so many different kinds of whining. That was the long and scratchy version. My son tends to hit like those peaks where all the dogs in the neighborhood start howling. <laughs> It's like way up here, (laughs) that kind of thing. Oh, that was a great noise to hear. You're welcome. That felt so good. Right in my vertebrae. (laughs) Yeah, toddler whining, it is universal, you guys. Everybody has heard it, done it. (laughs) Let's just talk about what whining is. What is it, anyway? Psychology Today says whining is a urgent request for a resource or comfort. That's a nice way of saying they want something and they want it now, mama. Give me! (laughs) Give it to me right now! I hope that's not how your four-year-old sounds. No, if he did, we would not be referencing him if he did. (laughs) He's six foot four and he's mad. (laughs) Yes, it's an urgent request for resource or comfort. We see this all the time when our kids are thirsty, when they're hungry, when they're tired, when they, you know, anything, when their bedtime has changed, when we let them stay up late to watch the first half of Mighty Ducks. Oh, wait, that's from my own life. Why did I do it? Try to do movie night now and again. And every once in a while, I have this ridiculous thought, right? That it's okay for him to stay up a little past bedtime because Mighty Ducks is an important part of cultural history, apparently. It is. It is. It is. Emilio Estevez, man, he had a hot streak. (laughs) He really did. Yes. He was banging out those flicks. But yeah, and so I told myself it's okay to break the routine right now. That was Monday. So about four days ago, and I'm still paying for it. Yeah. Bad idea. Actually, we were just, just at the mall and my son wanted to get these little figurines, these little little tigers. And I said, listen, dude, no, because we have enough at home. And it turned into World War 245. It was just like that. You know, when it's like it turns into like a whole conversation, mm-hmm. but it's there's no words. It's just... And then, of course, now people are staring at me. And I'm one, like, I really don't care. Like, stare at me all you want. I'm like, go ahead. Well, you're good. You're good, actually, that in a public setting like that, you don't cave. Because one thing I was reading about is that even monkeys whine. I mean, this is culturally universal. This is animalistically universal. I don't know if that's a thing. (laughs) And it's been happening forever. And one of the things I read was that even in monkeys, if their little one is whining, they will tend to that little one's needs faster if it's in front of their peeps. Because they're like, do not embarrass me in front of my friends. Don't you do it. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. (laughs) We're fine. Yes, because and that's why kids whine. Because it works. It works. It gets your attention, whether it's positive or negative. It works. Mm-hmm. It works. It's, mine's mostly negative. The whining never is a positive thing for me. Oh, yeah. Well, I can understand that because it starts out, you start out at a deficit. 
Like once you start hearing that whine, you're already done. Listeners of What Fresh Hell may remember this study that Amy and Margaret talked about in their whining episode. Dr. Rose Sokolchang, who's now with the American Psych Association and SUNY New Paltz, she's wicked smart, you guys. She's wicked smart. And she led an experiment where she asked 26 parents and 33 non-parents to complete simple math problems while they were listening to different human sounds like babies crying. Yes. What kind of math? (laughs) Hopefully simple math. None of that long math, which I don't even think they're doing in schools anymore. When my son gets to school, I'm not going to be good. Yes. Forget it. Yes. (laughs) But so various human sounds, infants crying, also neutral speech, just someone speaking normally, something that she calls mother ease, which is like, oh, hi, it's my little girl, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) In addition to, I don't know, (laughs) in addition to whining. Okay. Yes. And whether or not they were parents, which I think is so funny because it's so true, the ones who were forced to listen to whining made more mistakes and completed fewer problems. It proved... Yep, sounds about right. It sounds about right. It is even more distracting than the sound of infants crying. Wild. And there was a study in Psychology Today where people said they found it more annoying than a screeching sound on wood, crying, heavy <laughs> drilling, or other uncomfortable nails on a chalkboard type sounds. <laughs> Good job, kids. You nailed it. Well done. I mean, it's true, though. They're doing some construction a couple apartments up. Oh, that's always fun. That's always fun. But let me tell you this. I would much rather listen to them sawing off their granite tabletops than my two-year-old whining for the truffle popcorn. That is only for mommy, you know, that I let her have one of. And now it's like turned into like her snack. But it's like that. Ma, mommy, mommy. Is your kid from Boston? Yeah. Yo, mom. I'm wicked hungry. (laughs) None of you are from Boston. Came out from Boston. (laughs) It happens. What can we say? (laughs) One other thing that I read about why some kids whine. So there's all the stuff that we know about, right? Hungry, thirsty, Mm. tired is such a big one of it. Needing attention, that kind of thing. And another one that we I read about that I thought was interesting was a feisty or emotional temperament. Oh. Those parents are like, I got to get used to this. Yeah, that's my two-year-old where she whines because she just knows that it's what she can do to get what she wants. Mm -hmm. And it's constant. And it's powerful. So what she picks first. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Instead of just like calmly asking me, it's like it comes out as a whine first. And I'm like, oh, what time is it? 7 a.m.? Sure. Here. Truffle popcorn. All yours. I got to ask about the truffle popcorn. So is it Mm. truffle like a savory snack or truffle like covered in chocolate and caramel? No, it's like a savory snack. Like a moose munch. Oh, it's a savory. It's like truffle oil. Mm -hmm. Have we discussed how you fancy? What? Because that sounds fancy. Oh, no. Is it fancy? It is so fancy. I'm a fancy gal, girl. I want some. I'm going to get some of that. (laughs) Also, I like the other version of truffle popcorn in my brain, which is just moose munch. Have you ever had moose munch? Hell yeah, I've had moose munch. So good. Munch it. They have it at Marshall's. We do not have a sponsor at Marshall's. Please sponsor us, Marshall's. But they do have Moose Munch. Come through Marshall's. Just a sidebar. (laughs) Oh, and here's another interesting thing. Hey, this makes total sense, too. Kids only whine for people they are emotionally attached to. Now, that is crazy. Mm -hmm. It makes, I mean, it makes sense, but that's crazy. And it also makes sense that for whenever we have company over that it's the whining isn't as much Mm, they're on their best behavior they're on their best behavior and why people think and at church too people think oh they always like they are so well behaved 
And I'm like, to who? To everybody else in that chapel. I mean, Jesus really knows what's going (laughs) on. Yeah, Jesus does. That's crazy, though. Who they're emotionally attached to, that's who they whine most to. And I think that's part of, you know, I'd heard this as well, like... (sighs) That your kids are least behaved kind of for you, the people for whom they're mostly attached, because they also save it up all day at school, and then they come home and are able to kind of release it. There's a very cute song sung by Ed Sheeran, who's very cute, Ginger. And he sings it on Sesame Street (laughs) about living in two different worlds. And I feel... I haven't seen it. How's it, Molly? How's it go? Look, I am not a professional singer, but we live in two different worlds. Yes. Something like that. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> that was my Edge Sheeran. I can't do an Edge Sheeran, but he is. <laughs> I mean, he's no Sam Smith, but he's pretty good. But yeah, so they kind of save it up, right? Yeah. So one thing they say you got to do is kind of look at stuff like that. Like, do they, have they been holding it up all day? Yeah. In addition to what are they getting from you? That was the biggest thing mm. in doing this research is like, what in kind of environment do you have in the home right now? Are you stressed? Oh, hi. We're in the middle of a pandemic. We're all stressed. <laughs> yeah. Right? All of the time. Yeah, all of the time. So it's an interesting time to be looking at toddler whining. Also, a lot of kids are at home a lot more, et cetera. So, you know, we have to look at not only what their needs might be. Are they hungry? Are they tired? Have I not checked in with my kid in a couple of hours? You know, I mean, not checked in, but checked in emotionally. Mm. Have they had a change in routine? I just wish that they were a little bit more keenly tuned into when I am stressed out. You know what I mean? Like, and just like a little more aware of my needs. Just a little, <laughs> like just a little. And I actually mean that in all honesty, because I have like whined back to my children, you know, like they'll come to me like, mom, and I'll be like, I, me too. Like, help me out. Right. I just wish there was like, if we're so emotionally attached, why can't you see that mommy is stressed and tired and hungry also? Right. Yeah. There's a guy that my husband knows and he put up uh, something on Facebook or something where he's like, my kids said, well, why, why, why can't mm-hmm. I have another mm-hmm. cookie? And mm-hmm. he said, why, why, why can't I go to Italy? All of our plans have changed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. So true. Okay. So we know they whine. We know that they are emotionally attached to us and manipulate us into it. So, Molly, hopefully we got some strategies to talk about when we come back. After the break. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? 
And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back. Here we are back. We both said here we are. (laughs) Talking about those whiny kids. Oh my gosh. You know, I love them. So there are a few. Let's talk about what we all do, even though we probably know it's not the best choice. Scolding and disciplining. Guilty. Right? Guilty as charged. Woo! Yes. Sometimes you just hear that whine coming in from the living room while you're in the kitchen trying to throw together a veggie wrap the side of Cape Cod potato chips. (laughs) (laughs) And all you can think to do is go in there and say, hey, listen, no whining, right? That's enough. Knock it off! Yeah, knock it off. Do you want me to count to three? That kind of thing, right? We automatically drop into that. But this can backfire. This can awesomely, awesomely backfire. I mean, always does. Yes. I don't think there's ever been a time where I have lost all of the doo-doo inside of me and... They've been like, you know, Alam, I'm going to chill out. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, it worked this time. I guess I'll always scold. Yes. Ah, yeah. It's never worked. It's never worked. There's always pushback. It's worse whining. Or it goes into the kind of whining that is no longer whining. It's a full meltdown. And he becomes yeah. like that. What do they call it in front of like a used car lot where it blows air up and the arms <laughs> flop? Yeah, the wiggly. <laughs> it's like a big wiggly balloon, but it's like <laughs> forward and backward. That's my son. That's the exact noise that it makes, too. Full on used car salesman floppy <laughs> clown. Yeah. Yeah. It never works. And also, it's like an interesting thing to think about every once in a while. Don't you just want to give in? I always yeah. want to give in. Just one piece of truffle popcorn. How bad can it be? Real bad. The, my whole bag. That's how bad it could be. Yes. So apparently, that is called an oh boy, am I guilty of this? Variable ratio reinforcement. God bless you. (laughs) It's just a big mouthful of words. Say that again? Variable ratio. Yeah, variable ratio. It's like, you know, every once in a while I'm going to say yes. So according, I believe it was in the Psychology Today article, they said, giving in once in a while but not all the time, expect a few weeks of whining after giving in once. Oh. Because now they've learned it can work. Oh, no. But listen, could it be like also just like, I'm going to give in this one time. I feel like sometimes if I explain Mm -hmm. myself, right, like... When I do find those moments of peace, when I do find those moments of feeling my feet on the ground, wiggling my toes and knowing that this is temporary, Mm -hmm. it's just purgatory, right? (laughs) And I'm like, hey, okay, listen, I know you're having big feelings right now. I know that you're hungry, tired, fill in the blank, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to let you have this X, but you're going to have to do this or you're going to have to calm down or whatnot. I'm not going to tolerate for a week if I give in. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have the mental fortitude for that. Yeah. Well, that's a problem, too, is so often we look at on paper, you know, or what the experts say is the right thing to do, whether it be to, you know, meet it with compassion, you know, open arms to (laughs) terrible behavior. (laughs) And that, you know, some days I just don't have the bandwidth for that. None. I just don't. You know, and along those lines, listen, my mother, shout out to Peggy Battle Axe Brooks. She cared nothing about variable <laughs> ratio reinforcement. She cared not of this. And I knew by one look, the energy that came up from the bottom of that woman's feet to the top of her head. I knew that if I made a hint of a whine, it was over. Game 
over. My mom had no time for both my parents. They had no time for this. Mm-hmm. They had no time for compassion talk. Yeah. Right. Do you have siblings? I can't remember if you have siblings. Yeah. I have an older brother. Much, much, much older. So it was almost like he's 13 years older than me. So it's like I rode in the boat alone. Yeah. Like whining was not like tolerated at mm-hmm. all. And my parents did not care about my emotional, you know, I mean, they cared, but not like, right. you know, as soon as it started, it was like, nah, we're not having that. Yeah. Either cut it out or pack it up. <laughs> pack it up, pack it in. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, you know, my parents were both a little different from each other. Mm. Still married. Still married 52 years. God bless. Shout out Lynn and Dick Lloyd. Yeah. But they were a little bit different. My mom was the primary caregiver, although my dad was certainly in on it as well, particularly on the weekends because they both worked during the day, etc. Yep. My mom, I feel like I knew, man, I walked that line. Like I knew how far I could take it, and then she would shut it down. Okay. So if it's me and my sister playing, you know, we were constantly playing board games. We loved board games. And also Barbies when we were younger, but then kind of board games. So if we were playing something and we, you know, maybe it was something to eat, maybe it was just attention, who knows, and we started to whine, I would know when I had crossed that line. My mom would take it just so far. Yeah. But then she would shut it down, and I was scared of her, so when she left the room, we all kind (laughs) of exhaled. But then what she would do, which I read about, too, is a good strategy, is she would surprise us with treats. Oh. So they call it in this research I did to disrupt this pattern of, like, you know, this constantly whining for stuff because you got it once. Disrupt the pattern, have the treats be out of nowhere surprises, which I really need. I took away. That's a good takeaway for me. That is a good takeaway. Yeah, which is good. And my mom definitely did that. She'd shut it down and say, no, no more snacks. I'm not, you know, Easter was a week ago. (laughs) You know, (laughs) whatever it was. Yeah. And then, you know, 15 minutes later, she'd come in and she made us some popcorn or whatever. Oh. And we'd say, oh, because we truly didn't expect it. We thought we were in the doghouse, so to speak. So. See, that's like, I do things like that as well, but it's usually like, I'll do the whole like, knock it off. I've had enough. And my kids like tag team me. Mm-hmm. And it's new for me because of the fact that I did kind of grow up in the only child boat. So it was like, I had no one to commiserate with. So for me, it's like, I'll surprise you with a treat and with compassion, maybe after I've had just a teeny tiny glass of wine just so i feel a little bit you know like i feel whatever your breath is like whatever that breath is yeah yeah it's just like just kidding guys i love you come over here who wants a (laughs) truffle popcorn (laughs) i sense a theme well that's great and you know that is one of the things that they say is a better alternative to scolding or disciplining is doing the thing which is not always easy to do we all know but which is to have some objectivity take a breath Take five seconds, breathe in through your nose for five seconds, breathe out through your mouth, and a step back and ask yourself, first look at them. Are they stressed? Have they had a change in routine? When my son first went back to preschool, he had been out for six months because of the pandemic, and then he went back a couple days a week, and he still is, and there was for sure some emotional adjustment, and it was going back to the classroom he had left, Right. but six months to us is nothing. To a four-year-old, that is, I don't know what percentage of their life. It's a lifetime. You know, a lot. Right. A big one. So take a step back and ask yourself, where is this coming from? And one way to kind of solve or take away some of those factors is just consistency of their routine. Try to get ahead of the whining. Right. Yeah. Get that snack in before we, we enter wine fest, before we buy a ticket to the wine fest. But it's nothing like Coachella. It's not like a fun fest. 
It's a terrible fest. Nothing like it. And it's awful. It's toddler's Coachella. <laughs> right. And unlike my parents, who just didn't take no mess, I'm trying my best to do that. To understand from where is this behavior coming from, to try to get ahead mm-hmm. of it, to take my time, to take my time to get back into my body. Because <laughs> usually once the winding stops, I have completely left my body. <laughs> but once I do get back into it and just like kind of refocus and shift my energy to see like where it's coming from. Mm hmm. It helps. Yep. It works. It's a work in progress. WIP. WIP in Hoboken, New Jersey. (laughs) That was a reference to WKRP in Cincinnati. Back in my day. (laughs) On what fresh hell they call it? Oldie Locks Alert. That's what I just... (laughs) Oldie Locks Alert. (laughs) That was me. I just referenced a hard early 1980s reference. (laughs) What were you going to say? Go ahead. But still, I, you know, like, shout out to my parents for like giving me that hard line, you know, mm-hmm. and like keeping me in that discipline box and helping me set up boundaries that I understood. Yeah. So that now as a parent, I'm like, okay, calm down. But I love you. And I understand where this behavior is coming from. Yeah. I don't know if anybody has the capacity to always meet everything with compassion, except for like, TV moms or like, (laughs) I don't, that's impossible. So try to catch the wine before it starts, you know, kind of look at your situation. Have I not been connecting with my kid enough? And I have an example of that kind of thing that just happened to me yesterday. And I will tell you all about it when we get back. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. And now, your guide to mom whining from Toddler Purgatory. The why did I let my toddler try my expensive snack wine? Those are mommy's fancy cookies. Your cookies are the ones shaped like circus animals? Oh, leave my cookies alone. The let's not play trucks wine. Ugh, no, I don't want to play trucks. I want to play my favorite game for a change, which is I sit on the couch and look at Twitter for a while while you sit quietly and draw. Please. The what kind of monster decides to assign a theme day costume for preschool when we're limping out of a pandemic wine? 
What do you mean you need to dress as your favorite literary character for preschool tomorrow? What? I don't have the bandwidth for that right now. The why is it already hot wine? <sighs> why does it have to be so hot? Wasn't it 34 degrees last week? Would it kill the universe to give me one day that's a comfortable temperature and I don't look like a lost Eskimo? The your wine is killing me wine. Okay, I need you to stop whining. I know your feet hurt and that you didn't like your snack and that your jacket is too lumpy, which makes no sense because that's not possible. I hear you. Your complaints have been heard, registered. Okay, wow. Now we're crying because I wouldn't let you bring the cat to church. We don't own a cat. And also that your hair is the wrong color. And for some reason, that's my fault. First of all, you have beautiful hair. And second of all, I guess in some way it is my This has been your guide to mob whining. From Toddler Purgatory. Hi, thanks for coming back. And I was just going to say a quick example that happened yesterday about building in time for connection before the wine starts, which might just be an emotional need for connection, you know, with their parent or caregiver. So yesterday I had to do some work on my phone, which is such a sticky situation because my son is home two days during the week, you know, and obviously on the weekends, but it was one of the days that I was watching him and I had to like send something or, you know, something that was going to take me a few minutes on my phone. And it just happened to coincide with when he needed me, needed me to hang out with him, needed a playmate. As we like to say, hashtag constant playmate when you have an only child. I'm it. I'm his yeah, playmate. Yeah. So he came in and needed me for something. Mama, can you come play, etc. And I just had to get this one thing out and it was taking a couple minutes longer than I wanted it to. And he came over and I'm holding my phone and he put like, I can't remember what it was, Highlights Magazine or something in front of my phone. And I'm like, oh, I am a textbook terrible parent right now, which of course I'm not. I needed a few minutes to do work. It's a tough time right now, but it was also a clear sign that I really had to listen. So I just stopped looking at my phone. I looked him right in the eye and said to him, hey, babe, I am absolutely going to play with you. I just need one more minute to finish this up. Can you go ahead and, and bring this magazine over there and set us up a, you know, a snuggle area? I can't remember what I said, something about setting us up on the couch. And I'm like, and I'll bring in some ice waters for us or whatever it was. And he said, okay, mama. And he went off and I was like frantically finishing my work. So build in time for connection. Right. Sometimes it's going to get, we're all in a tough spot right now, but do the best you can. Cut it off before, get, what is it called? Cut it off at the past? That's not true. Anyway, try to get those things in there. Make sure they're fed. They're on a good routine. You've built in time for connection before the wine happens. If you can, I mean, geez. If you can, you're also in that. You're also human. If you need to get it done, get it done. And if you need him to back off for 2.5 seconds and you need to say it in a way where he'll get it, yeah, tell him. No, but it's true. And actually, I think you just have to find the right time for both of those things. In that moment, I had the bandwidth to be able to yeah. deal with him on his level, meet him at his where he was. And some days I'm not. Some days I'm not able to do that. Some days I'm putting them deep in the discipline box. Five minutes. Put him in that discipline box where I stayed. <laughs> where I lived for 18 years. <laughs> exactly. Listen, it's finding that delicate balance, baby. You got to find that. You just live right there in the middle. And don't begrudge yourself mm -hmm. for having your human moments, right? Because if anything, they're going to learn. Oh, wait a second. 
my mom is a human being. Oh, I let him see me cry all the time. Is that bad? All the time. Not at all. Oh, gosh. We'll talk about that in a different episode. But I do. Just and do the best you can in that moment. You know, we're all in different places during different days. And if you can, take a step back. Say, this is where our household is today. This is where my kid is today. This is where I am today. How can I get through this in a positive way? And sometimes you're going to be able to. Or hey, maybe how about this? Join in, right? Oh, that's so funny. There was a New York Times article where this guy who was also a grandfather, but uh, studied child behavior as well. And he said that he would whine back at them to quote unquote, show them how it's done. (laughs) I was like, grandpa, (laughs) that would never work with my son. You watch this. Never. (laughs) My son doesn't react well to things like mirroring, like, oh, I'm going to play, like, in what to expect when you're expecting that or that what to expect website. They said, Mm -hmm. they suggested record their whine, the kids whine, then record them when they're doing a calm voice. And at a better time, play back both voices and then positively reinforce why the calm voice is better. I was like, first of all, there's no way I'm going to do that. Are you kidding? The second I got my phone out, he'd be like, what are you doing? (laughs) And then if I ever played it back to him during a calm moment, he'd be like, you don't have a clearance to record me like he's way too mature <laughs> and he's like on the phone with his lawyers like he's way too like he would never have that never do what works for you yeah my two-year-old would be like girl i know you're not trying to do this <laughs> i know you're not trying to do this because i'm gonna turn it up yes exactly so the upshot is you know do the best you can to Calmly set up the expectations of for their behavior, mm-hmm. ignore the behavior, you know, when you can do what you can. But to also recognize this, you know, Amy and Margaret found this in their studies as well, that another reason why kids are whining is because it's what experts call a low power strategy of dominance. Wow. Dominance. I should have said it. Dominance like your four year old. Dominance. <laughs> and what that essentially means is your two year old, your three year old, your four year old they don't have a lot of outlets, a lot of ways to have control, Mm. a lot of times to have a voice. And this is, albeit high-pitched and screechy, a (laughs) way for them to have their voices be heard. Oh, that makes sense. And so you find the balance. You know, sometimes we should listen, you know? Just let them have it out with their little selves. Yeah, so they can find their control, find their footing. And then, you know, you just got to kind of like sit back, chillax, and just be like, you'll figure it out. You will figure yeah, it out. Yeah, they're still finding their way. And I'm here to guide you. You got to do it with your mommies. It's okay. I'll figure it out. I'll be figuring it out. <laughs> Have some truffle popcorn and let's watch some Mighty Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> We're weird moms. Well, thank God we solved it. Solved it. Duh! And the yes! solution is find that balance. Find that balance. It's a, the balance beam of life. Toddler whining will want to push you over. Sometimes you need to let it. It is. Sometimes you just need to let it. It is indeed purgatory that we live in. Purgatory. Uh-huh. Oh, I made it more heavenly. We got. A, we need a good sound for purgatory. <laughs> no, that's not good. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> that hurt me physically. Let's never do that again. <laughs> never. You all, thank you so much for, for tuning in, listening to us. We're in this together. We are. And we're so glad that you have... Come along with us on this ride through purgatory. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Real truth alert. Pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were. 
But the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom and Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 